Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante. And I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insights straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions, regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given podcast episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk.com at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, everyone, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Eric Thompson, who's the Associate Director of Admissions at Muhlenberg College. How are you today, Eric? I'm good, John. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. We truly appreciate it and are looking forward to your insight and advice to all of our students and their parents. So let's start by asking you to tell us about yourself, Eric. How long has it been that you've been in admissions and how did you end up in this position? Great. And uh, thank you for the invitation. Uh, it's super exciting to be able to uh, share some information about Muhlenberg. Um, yeah, I'm Eric Thompson. I'm Associate Director of Admissions here at the college. I'm also the Transfer Coordinator and uh, have a lot of love for Muhlenberg. It's not just a, a paycheck that I get every month, uh, but I'm a Muhlenberg graduate. So I studied theater and business when I was on campus and um, originally got here thinking that I would give Muhlenberg another two or three years or so. Uh, now this is my ninth year in admissions. <laughs> um, so needless to say, I'm pretty biased uh, about the campus, but I really enjoyed my my time. Well, that's terrific. So, you know, you mentioned theater and business, which are two of the amazing programs that Muhlenberg College offers. In addition to that, I know that you're big on pre-med and pre-law. So what is it about Muhlenberg College? What is it that makes students want to apply and eventually attend school there? So yeah, in addition to the academic rigor that students experience, I think students are mostly drawn to the community aspect. And community is a huge buzzword. Everyone talks about wanting to be a part of community. Uh, and so I know that's a common phrase to hear when students are thinking about colleges. But at Muhlenberg, we work really hard to cultivate that. And so as a student, I felt the genuine energy from faculty and staff members and guiding me along the way, whatever that might be. It might be encouragement. Other times it might be a little tough love. Uh, I think that's good sometimes too on the college level. Um, but people come to the work every day um, looking to help students. It's a very student-centered institution. And I knew that as a student and now in my role as an admissions counselor, I try to do that same version of giving back uh, to students. So what I would say um, you know, above and beyond anything else 
it's really the dedication that faculty and staff members have towards helping students through their college journey. Well, you're a true ambassador for the college as a student, a former student yourself, and now in your ninth year yes. as an admissions representative. <laughs> uh, they're very lucky to have you, and so are we. So my next question, Eric, is going to be, what is the average profile of the current freshman class in terms of their GPA and any other related data you collect, such as SAT or ACT scores? Absolutely. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, thing for students and, and families to understand. Our average GPA is about a 3.4, uh, and that's just looking at academic classes. It doesn't count things like gym or uh, home ec, or um, I don't know that anyone's taking basket weaving or anything like that, but just the <laughs> academic courses, a 3.4 for the GPA. And our average SAT is somewhere in the range between a 1250 to a 1300, um, and I would say uh, somewhere between a 28 to a 30 ACT. Um, with regards uh, to, to the test scores. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And what advice would you give a student if they fall lower than the current freshman class average? Should they apply? I think that's a great question, John. And the average, it, we publicize that on purpose as an average. And so obviously, um, students attend colleges uh, if they have below those averages or above those averages. And I still think um, it's a good idea for students to apply um, because we take a holistic approach. We look at a variety of different things. Uh, academic achievement is what's most important to us, as you see with most colleges, uh, but we'll also look at other aspects of their application. So it's their extracurricular involvement, leadership opportunities, their community aspect, what um, school counselors and teachers say about them. And another thing that's really important to us is uh, interest. And so do students have the opportunity to visit the campus? We welcome interviews as a part of our admissions process and help uh, to put a face to an application, essentially. And so those are some of the additional components that students have control over um, that can help to highlight their application, maybe if they're not right in the center of um, our academic profile. That's terrific, and we'll get back to the interview, but I was curious, if a student applies early decision, is there a better chance that they will actually be admitted? What advice would you give a student considering applying ED? Yeah, um, with early decision, because it's a binding agreement, uh, I think it's important for students and families to be careful about that decision. However, um, I know that there are students who get really excited about their college choice. They know 100% for sure that if there's one college they can get into, that college is Muhlenberg. And uh, when that's the case, I do recommend early decision for students because it has a variety of benefits. First of all, we offer something called an early read where students can get an estimate on their financial aid package before they apply early decision. So that's really helpful in taking out that financial question that I know is sometimes a barrier for students to, to apply early decision. So that's number one. Um, but then in addition to that, um, when students apply early decision, they're accepted, they hear about their uh, admissions decision much sooner. Um, so we usually have somewhere between a, a third or, or sometimes um, half of the class come through early decision um, and know before the holiday break that they're a Muhlenberg student. <laughs> and so that can be really exciting where you can almost be done with your admissions decision um, before you go into the holiday break. Um, so that's one of them for, and that's for ED1. We also have a second round early decision two um, uh, where we release decisions in February, um, just around uh, Valentine's Day or so. And so again, that's early admission notification that students can find out about that. 
Um, and we've also let our, our early decision students know this year that they'll have the opportunity to register for classes sooner um, than our regular decision students. And so that's one of the additional benefits to early decision this year. Well, that's really good to know. Do you recommend declaring a major on the application? What would be some benefits uh, in doing so? Yeah, Muhlenberg's a liberal arts college, and so there's a lot of flexibility in the curriculum. Um, there's not too many colleges where you can do theater and business, <laughs> for example, uh, and graduate in a traditional four years, but that is possible uh, at Muhlenberg. So we know that students will tend to ebb and flow in their interest, and we recommend that the students have a good sense of what they want to study on the front end, go ahead and put it down on the application, uh, because if they come to Muhlenberg, then that will be helpful when it uh, comes to their advising for their first semester uh, fall classes. Um, and we have an understanding of what you think you might want to study, we'll try to match you up with a faculty uh, advisor in that major. If you're undecided, that is totally okay for us. Um, there are advisors that will specifically work with undecided students, and our students don't have to declare a, uh, don't have to declare a major until their second semester, sophomore year, so they have plenty of time. So for Muhlenberg, um, it doesn't really matter what you put down as a major. Um, you get accepted and you can major in anything that you'd like to, essentially. Great. Thank you for that input. And I do know that Muhlenberg is test optional, like many other colleges and universities. Let me ask, if a student does not choose to submit their SAT or ACT score with their application, how does that influence merit-based scholarships or financial aid? I understand that need-based financial aid is based on the FAFSA form, but I'm wondering if there is a disadvantage in terms of getting merit-based scholarships if a school is test optional. Excellent question, John. And I'm happy to share that Muhlenberg has recently had some changes to their test optional policy. We've been test optional for more than 25 years. So we're not a new school to test optional. We have lots of history in reviewing applications, test optional applications. But I would say in the past two or three years, we've made a change that test optional students are now eligible for merit scholarship and honors program consideration. Um, and how we get to that is, is looking mostly at the rigor of their classes um, and achievement, obviously, and their continued achievement in 12th grade. Um, and so that's kind of specifically what we look at for test optional students. Um, but now they're eligible for both merit scholarship and need-based financial aid. Essentially, if you're not a good test taker, that's totally okay. Apply test optional, and you'll have the same opportunities as the students who do um, submit their test scores. So that's very interesting that Muhlenberg has been test optional for 25 years, but I have to ask, have you seen an overall shift with the recent adoption of the test optional policies that you and a lot of colleges and universities are adopting? How do you see this impacting the future of college admissions? So insider trading information, um, I think many schools are moving toward getting rid of uh, testing. Um, probably your top elite schools and there's some special programs and whatnot. We even have a couple of programs, um, affiliated programs that still ask for test scores, but by and large I think they're, they're going to be um, eradicated. Um, as we know even with our students on campus, there's not a significant difference between the students who um, submitted test scores coming in and the students who were test optional. However, over the past couple of years, given the pandemic, um, we've seen an increase in test optional students. It used to be around 
um, I would say 15, 20% or so. And now it's closer to 50, 60%. Wow. Um, just because students haven't really had the chance to prepare, haven't had the chance to really um, uh, take tests, essentially. So uh, I think uh, everything is moving in the direction to um, have more test optional, text, test, test flexible, if I can say that. Um, um, policies with regards to admission, and that's my hope as well, um, because I think the larger indication about a student's achievement is through their academic record of four-year history of what they're capable of versus what they're you know capable of over the course of you know five hours in a stressful environment. That's terrific, and I appreciate you sharing that data. Obviously, a huge increase in terms of the number of students applying to Muhlenberg going test optional. So again, thank you for that. Do you use the student's high school GPA as indicated on their high school transcript, or do you recalculate that GPA using your own calculations? We recalculate the GPA, and partially that is to an attempt to try to get all of our applicants on a similar page. There's all type of GPA um, scales out there, a seven-point scale, a 6.3. Um, sometimes there's uh, no scale at all, or there's a color scale or something like that. <laughs> so um, in an attempt to try to get everyone on even footing, we recalculate the GPA, again, focusing mostly on academic courses. And in reviewing the overall application, what are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you? You know, that when you read it, you thought, I really want to meet this uh, applicant. There's a student last year who submitted uh, an application um, from Ohio, um, which is not uh, uh, typical that we see uh, students from that particular region. And so I was reading the application. I was a student interested in theater, and she wrote an essay about babysitting. And um, her humor just jumped off the page that I took the moment uh, it was a reading day where we have to read about 30 applications in a day. <laughs> and so I took the time, um, even though I wasn't really supposed to, to stop and email the student and say, thank you so much um, for really crafting an entertaining essay. We read so many essays. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Um, and do you have time to do an interview? And later on, I interviewed the student and Long story short, she's on campus now. Um, but uh, it's that particular essay that sticks out to me. Um, I read another essay this year uh, about the color red um, and uh, how the student um, thinks about their kind of pre-med interests. It was red. She talked about being comfortable with blood, that type of thing. Um, but it was about her pre-med interests. And so that was really um, uh uh, in-depth essay as well. And so what's helpful, John, as students are crafting their essay is to think about, you know, what information you really want to share with a college counselor. And in particular, some type of self-awareness is really helpful. Oftentimes, students will take the time to give us a story, but they don't really tell us why it matters. Why does it matter in 2022? And so self-awareness, I always uh, suggest students think about, help us understand how you think about that story you just told us now as a high school senior. Similarly, um, if students are um, describing something that they're passionate about or someone that they aspire to be, I also recommend that they think about what are the characteristics themse of themselves that they want to share. 
because oftentimes we get great essays about you know grandma and how fantastic she is and at the end of the essay we're looking to admit grandma to Mueller <laughs> because she sounds like a fantastic individual that can contribute to the community so it's important for students to focus on themselves um, some self-awareness um, as well and what I would you know um, to kind of wrap this up is what I would say uh, about the essay portion of things is a lot of students have essays that are kind of uh, middle middle of the road. They they do the prompts. They they understood the assignment, um, but there are those you know a good amount. I would say you know ten um, percent of the essays that we read that are really really fantastic because a student took the time to really craft and really share a piece of who they are, and that's really what we're looking for. Well, again, that's great insight, and I'm sure there's a lot of grandmas and grandfathers that uh, would love to go back to college and be admitted and come to Muhlenberg, Absolutely. Uh, as would I, by the way. But we're here for the students and uh, their parents. So you mentioned the interview twice already during this conversation. So similar question to the essay, how does a student prepare for the interview? What are you looking for? Can you give some insights in terms of what to do, what not to do? What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. The interview is not a you know uh, in-depth conversation. We're not going to ask students what's the meaning of life and <laughs> you know how are they going to solve world peace. Um, we're really just looking to again put a personality to an application get to know the students, understand what has excited them about their high school experience and what they aspire to um, as a college student. What type of things are they daydreaming about? Um, what type of goals do they have for themselves once they get to the college level? More than anything, it allows uh, that student to have an admissions advocate. When we get to uh, interview students, I have a list that I keep in my phone every year of students who really impress me. And as a result of that, I look out for their application and really want to make sure that they're getting um, positive information when we're releasing decisions. So it's a helpful um, piece of the application with regards to, to Muhlenberg. Um, it's one of our favorite things to do uh, as a part of the recruitment cycle is to, to interview students, engage with them, but to interview them um, because it's a one-on-one -on -one opportunity for that student to share information that we don't always find um, in their uh, application. Well, I appreciate that. And what about a student's activity sheet which of course is another piece of their application, what are the kinds of things you are looking for beyond the work that they did in the classrooms? Mm -hmm. Commitment is really important. Uh, and I know COVID has definitely interrupted students' ability to say, I was involved in this for all four years, but we look for commitment. We look for variety in extracurriculars. Uh, a well-rounded student is something that resonates with us because many of our students are trying to take advantage of multiple opportunities here on our campus um, and leadership opportunities. Those are other things that we're really um, uh, looking at on the activity sheet. The other thing I would encourage students to do is really think about all the things you've been involved in. Students sometimes shortchange themselves and they'll um, you know, shortchange themselves on the activities resume on the common application. And then um, a school counselor or a teacher will write about 10 other things <laughs> that they're involved in. <laughs> okay, the student is involved. So um, my recommendation for the student is don't shortchange yourself. Really think about all the things that you've been involved with, whether that's community service, religious life um, 
uh, opportunities or engagement, um, college, uh, pre-college programs, whatever that might be, a job. Sometimes students forget to put a job. I think that's really important. You learn a lot um, in your first part-time job. And so those things are important to include as well. Understood, thank you. And if a student is serious about attending Muhlenberg College, what can they do to make their intentions known to you, the admissions counselor? The first thing that I would recommend is coming to visit campus. Uh, I've failed to mention that I'm the, the Long Island rep. And so uh, having done the drive many times, it's really not that far away um, uh, from Syosset. And so would recommend coming to visit the campus just to get a sense if you, you know, if Muhlenberg is a place that you think you might be able to thrive. Um, my sense is that most students at Syosset would be able to do that. Um, but uh, visiting college campuses in general will give you a good sense if you should continue your interest um, or not. Um, and so just to see the environment and, and, and be around. So that would probably be the first step. But we have other programs, both uh, in person and virtual, um, that you can meet other community members, even outside of just the admissions office, current students, faculty members, et cetera. Um, so that's probably the first thing that I would recommend. Um, but we are admissions um, counselors, um, and we really enjoy engaging with prospective students and families. So whatever questions you have at any point in the cycle, no question is a bad question, um, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to answer those questions. We know that it can be a very daunting process, um, time-consuming process, and so whatever ways we can be helpful, feel free to reach out to me. I appreciate that because, look, the students are going to spend hopefully at least four years, right, on the college campus, and so visiting is key, and making people understand how accessible you are is also very important because if they have questions, you know, you are accessible through email, so that's very important information for students and parents to understand. What kinds of scholarship opportunities do you offer for academic achievement? And does a student have to apply separately for any of these offerings? A very important question and uh, happy to announce that there's no additional application for merit scholarship uh, awards. It's an automatic review process when students complete their application with us. And the merit scholarships are, are based on academic achievements and extracurricular involvement as well. Um, and so it's, it's an automatic process, um, but we award anywhere from, I would say, 1000 to $40,000 a year based on your achievement, which is a big gap. Um, but um, we're looking to make Muhlenberg an affordable choice for families. Our, our general policy is that if we're accepting a student, we want to be able to make Muhlenberg affordable for students. So um, the merit scholarships is an automatic review process. So is the honors programs. We have four honors programs. And um, if students are eligible for any of those, it comes with an additional $5,000 stipend. And then um, as the arts liaison in the office, uh, I have to mention that we have talent scholarship awards um, that are available to students. Now that is based on audition. We offer them in theater, music, dance, visual art, and film. And so they can audition or submit a portfolio. But if that goes well, um, you can get up to $4,000 a year. And all of the scholarships that I just mentioned are renewable each year. It's not just a one-time thing, but they're renewable each year um, as long as students maintain academic progress. Eric, that's tremendous information. And it sounds like you have a lot of great resources at Muhlenberg. 
Would you be able to share any links, any related links of what you're talking about uh, in terms of general admissions information, scholarships, if someone is interested in performing arts theater uh, and they want to apply or, or um, audition, I should say, can you give us the link so that I could put them in the show notes? We'll be happy to do that. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. So we'll make sure that those resources are in the show notes. How about state assessments, obviously outside of Pennsylvania? For example, in New York, we have regents exams for all students in the state. Your school is obviously in Pennsylvania. So how much weight do you put on these types of assessments? It's a good question. What I would say is um, they're helpful as a as a benchmark. So we talked about test optional earlier. Sometimes if students don't have test scores, I will review their regents exams to get a better sense of, you know, how do they test with information that they've been learning over the course of the year uh, type of thing. So it's it's helpful as a, as a benchmark. If a student is doing really well, I also want to make sure that, you know, it may, um, it, it cross, cross references with the regents exams um, given that sometimes students are just not not great test takers so it, it doesn't it's never a final dis- deciding factor for students I would say um, on the other hand sometimes if students might be struggling here or there in a year um, with regards to their transcripts if I look at regents and they're maximizing their region scores and that tells me a little bit more about their academic ability um, too. So it's kind of like, a, like I said, it's kind of a benchmark. It allows me to, to get um, just a little bit more information, but it is, it is not an end-all be-all. It's not a make or break. Um, it's just some, um, I would say, complementary information with regards to a student's transcript. Um, however, we also need to make sure that the student can graduate. And I know that, um, you know, there's a certain number of regions exams. Things have been a little bit different given COVID, but I know there are um, certain regions exams that students have to pass in order to graduate. So if they, if they don't graduate, then they can't come to New <laughs> Yes, things have certainly been very different thanks to COVID. Many of the regions exams have been canceled, but I figured I would just ask the question because we're assuming that life will go back to normal and uh, there may be regions exist. Right, right. Hopefully, hopefully that made sense. You absolutely explained it well. And again, thank you for that insight. Does Muhlenberg College offer services for students that have an IEP in high school? And if so, can you just elaborate a little bit on what kinds of programs you offer? Absolutely. There are definitely some resources for students with any type of learning differences and we encourage students to disclose that information on, on the front end. Ultimately, it's up to the student to do that. But why it's helpful for us, um, because we do have resources, we have an office specifically dedicated um, to helping students in that way. Um, when they disclose it on the front end, we are proactive about reaching out to them and connecting them with the office so that before they even step on campus, they understand what resources are available, how to access them, um, and whatnot. Sometimes, um, too, it can lead to a different advising process with regards to um, course load um, or what classes students are taking and um, to develop, a, to devise a plan, an academic plan for them as a college student that professors would get. And so they don't have to have any, you know, awkward conversations with professors. They can just submit the plan 
and everybody's on the same page about what resources students need. Um, so there's that the Office of Disability Services who helps students specifically with that. We also have an academic resource center that offers, you know, just a variety of, of different peer-to-peer um, resources. So peer tutoring, we have a writing center, um, those type of things. But um, we always encourage students um, or families um, to reach out to Office of Disability Services on the front end, like even before they apply, just to read if there's kind of specific resources that they're interested in, we can answer those questions and, and help students understand what we have and what we don't have. That's great. And if there are any related links similar to what we mentioned earlier, I will gladly put them in the show notes for all of the students and parents listening in. What about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known? Absolutely. So um, depending on the team, Muhlenberg is a Division three team. Um, and although we're, we're not uh, Penn State or University of Alabama, I do have to mention um, that the Muhlenberg Mules have a fantastic football team. Um, once again, we made it to the Elite Eight of the uh, NCAA Division three tournament. So I did have to get that plug plug in there. Go Mules. That's awesome. Um, but usually it is a conversation uh, with the coach for whatever that varsity sport is um, on the front end. And then usually that, that coach is helpful in connecting the student with our office. Um, sometimes it's the other way. We'll meet the student if we are visiting their high school or have the opportunity to interview them, and then we connect them with the coach. And so um, kind of kind of works back and forth, but usually it works through the communication of the, the coach um, and getting the student to campus, having them an opportunity to, to meet the team, and then um, sharing that information with us uh, as, as well. So there's definitely some collaboration that goes on with regards um, to that. In Division Three. there are no athletic uh, scholarships. Um, however, um, you know, coaches know the, the, the academic quality that Muhlenberg has, and so they uh, do their best to bring the, the right students, um, recruit the right students academically um, for us. Um, I would still recommend that students engage with the admissions office, whether, again, that's doing an official tour or doing an interview um, to remind students and families that the coaches do not admit students, but <laughs> the admissions counselors um, do. Um, and so that's, um, that's helpful information. Um, and usually families are really good uh, about understanding that and, and, and knowing why that's important to engage with us as well. Um, but where it's most helpful for students in the process is we see that as, um, again, an, another piece of advocacy. And so whether it's an uh, athletic um, coach or, you know, I talked about talent scholarships earlier, if there's other people advocating for the students, that's definitely a helpful thing in the process. Well, again, tr tremendous insight, and thank you for that. Uh, so all you student athletes out there, I hope you're listening. So lastly, what other advice would you offer prospective students and their parents who are starting the process now? That's a, a had to take a deep breath there for a second because I know <laughs> um, that families are are getting lots of information about colleges, and so it's just kind of a question about where do you start um, and and how do you go about things. I think it's really important to think about all of the, the factors um, that are fairly common in terms of location, in terms of size, in terms of academic program. Um, do, does the college have the things that you're interested in outside of, of academics? All of those things make sense. 
But when it comes down to trying to maybe uh, shorten your list or, or really figure out where is the best place um, for me um, to continue my education, what I tend to recommend is find ways to get inside the college a little more. And again, that might be um, grabbing a random student, not the tour guide because they're trained to say all the great things about the, the college. Um, and you do want to take a tour, but just to pull a random student aside or a group of students aside and say, I'm a prospective student. Can you share a little bit about the school? And you'll get a good sense um, based on wherever you're visiting about how students feel about that campus on a regular basis. Um, same thing with professors uh, to pick their brain a little bit and, and see how they felt about um, teaching at the college, I think is, is really helpful too. Um, but I think that that is really um, the best way for students to, to make a final decision is to get inside the campus a little bit more versus just reading the information that you see either on the website or through emails or, or mail that you get. Um, find a way to really get inside the campus. Well, I think that's amazing advice in terms of, first of all, get on the campus. You, you, if you're going to live there for four years of your life, you really need to see it and to make sure that, in fact, that's where you want to be. You know, there are all students that prefer being in a rural area. Some want a suburban area. Some want a, an urban area. And there's no right or wrong. It depends on what's right for you. But I love your advice in terms of coming to campus, of course, taking the tour, but finding a student, really getting into the college, and ask the questions that are important to you. If you want to know about different majors, if you want to know how good are the professors, how accessible are they, ask. If you're interested in the social life, what do people do on the weekend at Muhlenberg College? Ask those questions. So again, tremendous advice, tremendous insight for our students and of course their parents. Eric, I can't thank you enough for an amazing conversation. I hope we could meet up again. This has been terrific, and I'm really happy because I know it's going to help a lot of students and their parents. So again, thank you so much for your time and your insight. Well, John, I wanted to thank you um, because, as, as you know, um, this is the, the first opportunity that I've had to uh, talk on a podcast. And you've made it a really uh, exciting experience. And so I hope I was helpful today. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, if the students or families have any questions about either Muhlenberg or the college process in general, I would be happy to, to chat with them and um, you know, be as uh, helpful as I, I can be. So thank you again for this opportunity um, and um, you know, just wish the school community all, all the best um, and, and healthy wishes, uh, continued healthy wishes. You are awesome. And I look forward to having you back. Thank you again, Eric. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.